is going on, Taylor? What's going on, man? How's it going? Doing good. Uh, I know before off the show, you just said you had a bad day. So hopefully this show can rejuvenate you as we crap on the Cowboys like we like to do, or at least I like to do. Personally. Hey, crapping on the Cowboys always makes everybody happy. So yeah, <clears throat> we're good. We're good on De- that. Definitely. <laughs> definitely there. Uh, there's a lot of breakups, potential breakups we're going to talk about. But first, we're going to get into this Jaden Rashada update. Uh, <clears throat> this is probably going to be the last that we really talk about Rashada, guys. Thank just, God. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, just a quick update. Uh, I don't know how much you want to get into this, if you want to give your opinion. But essentially, he signed his, NI de- or he signed his deal with Florida on the 7th. Uh, that's when the deal fell through. And then for the 13, quote-unquote, million. And he still signed on the 22nd on early signing day to go to Florida. He had two weeks to make up his mind. Uh, and reportedly, again, uh, don't know how much of this is true, but this is what's coming out so far, at least what I've seen, is uh, $6 million. The reason why Florida was going to pay him thir- have to pay him 13 is because Miami, John Ruiz, and company and their lawyers signed him out of high school to a $6 million contract. Um, and then... So now he's their client, and then he decided to spur Miami and go to Florida, and they were offering him $7 million. So because he was their client and because he turned down Miami and that deal was contingent on him going to Miami, they owed the $6 million to pay off Miami for the recruit and then the $7 million to him directly. Again, don't know how much of this is true. And this is not – I don't want to say this is on Rashada, Rashada's fault because apparently – People close to him, Rashada really wanted to go to Florida. Like, that was the school he wanted to go to. It was more the adults in his camp that were uh, leading him astray. And that's, again, we've talked about it. Keep your circle small and, you know, it's your future. Do do you. Don't listen to your mom and dad. Don't listen to your agent that you should at high school or should not have. Don't listen to a lawyer somewhere X, Y, and Z. Um, and then Florida made a, the Gator Collective made her got double crossed with, uh, cause they had nothing to do with it. It was, uh, David Heitner or something like that. He's a UF law, uh, or NIL lawyer, but he's also a professor at Miami for NIL. And so him and John Ruiz go, you know, are pretty close. And so they kind of knew what deal was going on. So he kind he kind of screwed Florida over in the end. He was representing Rashada reportedly. And so that's why the deal fell through. Uh, Rashada is visiting Colorado, Arizona State, and a couple of their Pac-12 schools, but it looks like he's going out west. Uh, I don't know if Taylor, if you have any comments on that. If not, we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, that's just pretty much the update on Jaden Rashada, though. Uh, it just sounds like a bunch of uh, bull crap that's coming out of this whole NIL stuff that's been going on. I mean, I think that's the root cause of all of this. Um, it sucks that he's not able to go to the school that he wants to go to because of the people around him that may have influenced him to divert. Uh, so that sucks. I mean, you know, some kids are in it to play for their, you know, school that they want to play for, you know, like that's the, uh, you know, it's in my heart. I want to like, if, if yeah. it was up to me, I'd want to go for play for Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma's where I want to be, you know, OU. Yeah. like I would, I would love to play for OU. Um, uh, and me personally, I would not have somebody else in my ear being like, hey, hey, uh, you know, you might want to go here instead, you know, yeah. do this and that, you know, I, I would try and make it a point to limit who I listen to, limit who I allow into my life to try and alter my decisions uh, and path forwards. But uh, I hope he lands somewhere. I hope he has a good career. I hope it all gets sorted out. And I hope this doesn't taint his NFL uh, eligibility or his stock market, I should say, if he makes it into the draft and he's good enough. Uh, because a lot of teams are going to look at this and be like, man, that was a college deal and it yeah. was drug out that long and it was nothing but drama. I mean, just imagine, no, he's trying to restructure a deal with the NFL team. Just imagine the holdout on that and the yeah. drama that's going to come with that. So that and the fact hopefully that, this uh... is the last uh, we hear about it because it's getting annoying. It's insanity <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it definitely, like I said, or like you said, NFL teams are going to go, Hey, do you allow others to tell you what to do? And he's going to say, no. And I'm like, well, what about this college situation you had going on? Your parents, yeah. your lawyers, 
you know, the adults around you said, no, do this. And you signed a contract to a different school early and then decided to flip your commitment after saying, all right, you got pen on paper for money and then you flipped your mind. So where are you going to be at with us? It raises red flags, but I wish the kid well. Uh, I don't think this is on uh, the Gator Collective like we originally thought, where they came up with $13 million and like, oh, by the way, we don't have that money anymore, uh, which was reportedly what everyone thought was what happened, what they offered him too much and then realized they didn't have it. Um, but, I mean, I think he, he probably, he's probably going to go to Dion. Um, I can see wouldn't that. Wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't doubt it, uh, with, especially with uh, Shadur Sanders, his son. Probably leaving after this year to go to the NFL. They're looking for a quarterback. Rashad is a four borderline five star quarterback. Good pickup for the for the Buffalo. Um, moving on to still going to college, we're gonna talk about the Ed Reed situation. I don't know how much you followed uh, with this. That was. It's a doozy. Oof. It's a doozy. <laughs> Not happy about it. Not at all. And uh, people. Not happy. People originally started uh, trashing Ed Reed. Uh, so if you guys don't know, uh, viewers at home watching this, essentially Ed Reed what, became the head coach at Buthane Cookman, an HBCU. He got there. His office wasn't cleaned. There's no locker rooms. He saw people sharing helmets. There's mold all, mold all over the equipment. And so he went on social media and made like a little rant, uh, kind of like a little Deion Sanders, but his own personal touch. And the... Uh, what do you want to call it? the head honchos at Buthane uh, Cookman did not like that, and so they fired him after even after he apologized. And since then, players have come out from Buthane Cookman. About 26 players said they were going to commit uh, some big time recruits that were ready to to follow with Ed Reed. And uh, players currently on the team said there's no locker room, and they confirmed it. Uh, one I saw on TikTok, he confirmed that they share helmets. A uh, receiver ran off the sideline and handed his helmet to another receiver that was going in the game, which is embarrassing. There have been students who have shown that their dorm rooms are covered in mold. Uh, so this whole thing is crazy. Yeah, this is uh, this backs up every single thing that Dion spoke about. Uh, the moment Dion left, uh, everybody was like, "Oh, you know, trashing on Dion, you know, saying that the school's not funding what they should fund and." There's money going missing. They're not putting money where it needs to go to, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Well, here we are at another school, and it's the same thing, but worse. You know, there's yeah. no money being put into the athletic department. There's no money being put into the students as far as dorm rooms. Mold is a health hazard. Sharing helmets can also be a health hazard because if it doesn't fit a certain player correctly and, and they get hit hard, mm -hmm. you know, you could have a – extremely bad concussion or uh, a bunch of other stuff can happen. Uh, so there's a bunch of safety concerns. And as the head coach, it's your job to bring that to light. It's your job to come out yeah. there and say, Hey, this is not right. We need to correct this. We need to find some funds. Maybe uh, we need to figure out where we're wasting money and where we can put money back. And for this uh, school to go out and say, you know what? No, you don't call us out like that on our bullcrap, our moldy. Uh, <laughs> they're not stuff, upset that you know? uh, at him. They're upset they got caught. Yeah, then <laughs> that's what I mean. They're like, you know, you don't call us out and uh, sh uh, shine some light on our mold and our uh, dual helmets and our no locker rooms and all this other stuff. How dare you tell everybody how terrible we treat our players, coaches, and staff and everything like that? Uh, so they did Ed Reed dirty. Yeah. Uh, what they should have done was they should have come out publicly and said, hey, guys, uh, we've had some funding issues. Uh, it's been going on for a little while. We're underfunded. Uh, it's definitely something that we've noticed, and we're trying to figure out a way to fix these uh, problems and come up with a solution. Uh, now that we have a prominent uh, former football player, Ed Reed, as our head coach, maybe he can assist us and finding an avenue to allocate some money so we can improve the dorm rooms, get a locker room and get helmets and equipment for all these players and improve the facilities and improve the uh, department or the uh, athletic department and get everything rolling and become a great school where we can actually start to play ball and win games. But instead they fired 
one of the most respected players in the NFL, who I personally would think would be an amazing head coach. And somebody's going to pick him up and, you know, they're going to be counting their losses uh, because he was bringing in some pretty good talent. Uh, Any future football players that were thinking about maybe going there, that's probably done. I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, I would not touch it. Yeah, no. I mean, they're probably going to go downhill even further than what they're at now, which is unfortunate because HBCU schools do deserve some funding. They do deserve recognition. They got a lot of talent that goes to these schools. Uh, They've got a lot of great programs. It gives an outlet for a lot of kids who probably could not go to like a top five school like Alabama or something like that. It gives them a chance to go out there and do stuff. But at what cost? Yeah. You know, I mean, do you really want to go to a school like this and sit there with mold above your bed every single night, wondering what type of health conditions you're going to have. Nobody wants to do that. You know, so it's unfortunate. Hopefully this shines enough light on it and it brings enough controversy around the situation that it gets fixed and uh, they start taking action and hopefully Ed Reed gets another job. I'm sure he doesn't need the money. No, that's the thing too. Um, that really people don't realize is Ed Reed had millionaires and billionaires lined up to help fund the program and the school that they just threw away. That's the worst part is just because somebody came out and talked and said, Hey, everything around here, it it is, it is garbage. We need something done. And I've got people lined up behind me willing to dig into their pocket and fix this place up. And they just, you know, they got petty. They got emotional about it. They took it as a shot towards them. And now they're going to stay the same and probably get worse. You know, they passed up on a really big opportunity. And hopefully Ed Reed goes somewhere else and he can actually make the changes that he wants to make if the school needs it. And he turned down the Jackson State job. I don't think people realize that. To go to a – Jackson State obviously got a little more funding when Dion was there. He went to a different school because he wanted to help help another HBCU. This kind of plays into – so. Listen, I don't know much about HBCUs, right? Uh, I'm not going to lie. But every time I hear HBCU, it's always followed by corrupt leadership. And this play, like, this is not break the mold. Like, it's you're fitting the mold of what everyone says, HBCU athletics, corrupt leadership. Uh, athletic directors, you know, university presidents, it always corruption. Um, somehow, some way. So... This kind of fits the bill to where, hey, we're making money. The school needs help. I guess that now, Bethane Cookman did get hit by a hurricane uh, that they're still trying to recover from. But why turn down the coach that was going to help bring money to help fix that? You know, it doesn't make sense to me. He had a plethora of recruits to help turn your football program around. He was going to get everybody new jerseys, new equipment. Uh, probably help with the dorm rooms and everything like that. And now, so now at this point, you're not only hurting the athletic department, you're hurting the entire school because of your yeah. ego, because you're upset that you got called out. Go there. Yeah. Yeah. You got called yeah, their out. Their dirty laundry, you know, got thrown out into the wind. Everybody got caught wind of it. And uh, so now they're, they're pissed, you know, they're upset. Yeah. They're angry that somebody came out there and called them on their BS. And, you know, uh, I mean, it it happens everywhere in everyday life. You know, like if somebody came to you and uh, put your dirty laundry out there, you would be mad. But this is an institution, and that institution was granted an opportunity to receive the funding to fix the issues that they have. So they fumbled it, and uh, I hope the best for Ed Reed. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, guys, Give us your thoughts and opinions on the Ed Reed situation, the HBCU situation, um, and just let us know. Maybe if you agree with us, maybe you don't. Maybe you know a little more about the situation than we don't. Maybe we're overlooking something. But to our outsider perspective, uh, the university messed up, and Ed Reed would have been a great coach, and they just kind of fumbled the bag, especially with one of the greatest, if not the greatest, safety of all time. Um, with that being said we're gonna move on to uh georgia guys we are in the college section so we there's still college news here and there 
But again, we're going to start breaking down schools, their schedules, depth charts, everything like that um, as we go on. So uh, we're going to start with the SEC, and we're going to start with the reigning champs, Georgia. Uh, Taylor, who do you think takes over for Stetson Bennett uh, now that he's gone at Georgia? Shader Rashada. <laughs> throwing, a, throwing a hat out there, man. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I have no clue who's going to step in. Uh, it This is going to sound weird, but it's a big shoe to fill, but it's also a small shoe to fill because Stetson Bennett was not a, you know, an electric, time quarterback, you know, yeah. big time quarterback. So I don't really feel like anybody can step in there and fill the position. You, know, you throw me in there and I'm pretty sure I could uh, do a couple check down passes and get us yeah. to a national well, do you go with, with the team that he was surrounded by. Do you go with Brock Vandergriff, who was a five-star they got last year, or do you go Carson Beck, who's a four-star I think they got two years ago? Do you go with the five-star uh, I mean, just because of the name? Or? I mean, for this – uh, trying to find a brand new quarterback to come in and take over somebody who brought you to two national championships. This isn't just going to be a, uh, this is our guy. We're just going to go ahead and see what happens. Uh, they're going to have to duel it out, you know, come springtime. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Springtime. It's going to be a straight up quarterback duel. And at that point, that's when you make your decision. Uh, there, I can't really tell you which one I would think, because I mean, sometimes you have five stars and four stars that go out there in the spring and then the guy you thought was going to come out and be like that guy yeah. turns out to be like a bum. Yeah. You know, so no, I agree. Uh, I don't think George is really going to miss a beat though, because you're replacing Stetson Bennett, who is a decent quarterback, probably George's one of George's greatest quarterbacks of all time. But, uh, but even then, I don't know. I think Matthew Stafford would be, have to be higher than Stetson, even though Stetson won back to back. Aaron Murray, I'd put over, um, even though he didn't have a good college or NFL career, Aaron Murray would be over Stetson. Uh, Justin Fields, for the one year he was there, would be over Stetson. Um, but he didn't went back-to-back. Back. Uh, for Vandergriff, I think Vandergriff has a pretty big arm. Uh, like you said, it's going to come down to spring ball, and I think that's when Georgia's going to make that call. Um, I don't think they're going to miss really a beat, though, because I think Vandergriff and – and Carson Beck are both better prospects than Stetson Bennett. Obviously, coming out of high school, more prepared. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not going to miss a beat. Uh, coming off of back-to-back uh, -back national championships, you're going to have the talent and the resources you need to continue that uh, dynasty. I would say they're on the verge. Of, I wouldn't say they're a dynasty yet, but they're on the verge of being a college football dynasty. Yeah. Uh, so they have the pieces, uh, and they have the recruits. They have the... Uh, momentum going for them right now. I don't really see anybody else being a threat out of outside of Alabama because Alabama, Alabama, Alabama uh, they don't know their quarterback now that um, yeah. who was their quarterback? May, I mean, oh, Bryce Young. Uh, who's their quarterback? Look, TCU at didn't know TCU didn't know who their quarterback was going to be. Yeah, but when we saw Jalen Milrow when he stepped in for Bryce Young, was he can just run, and that's pretty much it. And they've already tried. They're already potentially moving Jaden Milrow to uh, wide receiver that I'm trying out reportedly in practice this past couple weeks and then um i will say tennessee might actually be uh gunning for a national championship this upcoming season because their new qb their backup milton, milton yeah or they're they're at the time backup i can only assume will be a starter has a cannon of an arm <laughs> i mean that dude can launch that ball i mean yeah. it is impressive yeah and he so, is i a... mean he's accurate with it too it's not it's not just hey i've got a I've got an arm, but he is accurate with it. Yeah, too, and he so transferred in from Michigan, so something to watch. Yeah, but uh, so we're gonna, I guess, play prediction. See, see what Georgia's 2023 schedule. Taylor, I'm just gonna ask WRL. You let me know their first game for this upcoming season is against UT Martin. Win, Ball State. Win. These are some tough games, man. South Carolina with. With a returning uh, Spencer Rattler. Rattler. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing about Spencer Rattler is he knows he sucks. <laughs> he knows he sucks. That's why he's coming back, man. That's why yeah. he's not entering. 
you know, he would be like a Brock Purdy type of pickup, but he wouldn't formulate into a Brock Purdy type of player. Yeah. So that's why he's staying another year. Maybe he can get some more uh, uh, draft stock. But anyways, uh, win. All right. So three, no. Uh, UAB. Win. Auburn. Auburn's a good school win. now. All right. They're a good school, but win. Uh, Kentucky. Oh, win. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Win. I got an L there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Florida. I will say it's going to be a close one, so 50-50. I can't give you an answer. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they win. Uh, I think with this game, it comes down to quarterback play. I think, obviously, uh, Georgia has more depth. They have the number one recruiting class this year. You know, We saw what happened when their backups came in against the national championship game. They didn't skip a beat. It just yeah. all depends on that quarterback. If these quarterbacks that they recruited pan out, then in, I think Georgia wins. But if they don't, yeah. then... I think Florida has a chance. It just all depends on that quarterback. Well, Florida, Florida this year. So Georgia was, I think they went they went undefeated, thirteen yeah. no. Uh, Florida had them on the edge there for a while, and and I think we can all agree that this Florida team this year was not no, it wasn't a good. great team whatsoever. Team. So I predict that this Florida team coming up this season is going to be much better than they were. And I think it's going to be a 50-50 for me. So I can't give like a winner or a loss. <clears throat> if I'm putting money on it, I would put it on Georgia because they're back-to-back. So it would be the safer bet. All right. And then we move on to Missouri. Win. Uh, Ole Miss. Mm. Jackson Dart returning. Yeah. They just signed two. Ole Miss isn't, isn't – yeah. They're not yeah. a bad school, but – uh. I'm going to say win. All right. Um, and then we have Tennessee. Are we just talking about Milton there? I'm going to say a loss. I'm going to say okay. Tennessee with Milton. I think Milton gives them a little bit more of an edge than Hooker did. Hooker was good. Uh, but I think that arm talent that Milton has, I think that's going to carry them a long way. All right. I like it. So that puts them at 11-1. and one. Uh, Georgia Tech. win all right and so basically you have them going uh 12 and one which i can yep. see uh i can see them going undefeated as well but that tennessee game is Absolutely. definitely going to be uh, a solid game could could now, tennessee sneak it out yeah probably I w this isn't part of our discussions uh but i would like to say the NCAA needs to take a hard look at scheduling, uh, especially for these uh, Power 5 schools and the uh, teams that they go up against. Uh, yeah. I understand at the beginning of the season, your first two games, they're usually cupcake games. You know, it's kind of like get out there, a little get loose. You know, yeah. you're, gonna, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed two wins at the beginning of the season. From then on out, you better be playing some teams. Yeah. I mean, you better be playing some people that are competing for a national championship. I don't want to see uh, your eighth game of the season. I don't want to see you going up against Ball State or Tulsa or uh, Rice or something like that or Boston College. Yeah. You know, those types of games, I think it's, it's ridiculous, especially the ones that are later. Like Alabama, I think, had – Alabama's the worst. <laughs> they always they schedule late, easy games. They get yeah. – yeah, they get the easiest games late in the season, and later in the seasons when it really comes down to uh, how important your wins and losses are. If you lose your second game of the season, it's okay. You can build back up throughout the season, and then still make a national championship game. Yeah. But if you have, you know, Ball State <laughs> as your like final game of the season, you're winning that game. Yeah. You know, you're not losing that game. So you're like, all right, cool. We got this one locked. We're making the national championship game because <laughs> who are we going to lose to Ball State? Nah, you know, that's why the it should be the first two games cupcake. Yeah. The rest of the game, either ranked teams or teams that are 
predicted to be ranked depending on how the season goes. Yeah. That's that, that that's what I think it should be. I don't think we need to see all these cupcake games midway through the season, uh, near the end of the season, stuff like that. It's just, I think it's bad for the sport. I think it needs to be straight up competition. I understand giving the smaller teams an opportunity to go out there and, you know, showcase against like a power five school, like Alabama, Georgia and stuff like that, but do it in the, at the beginning of the season, give them their little hoorah at the beginning of the season and they get destroyed 60 to seven. And but, then uh, that's my take game. on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like the way that they have that set up. Yeah, I don't either. I and Alabama, like you to your point, Alabama is notorious for that. To where like they'll have like one or two or th- maybe three big games, and then the rest of the season is just cupcake. So sometimes they play schools I've never even heard of. Yeah, they're like, like yeah, I feel like they, I feel like they make up a school, gather up a, like a roster, and they say, "All right, go play Alabama." Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like the University like, of Phoenix online team has decided to come <laughs> yeah. together and play Alabama for a million dollars. It makes zero sense to me, but yeah. hey, it's Isn't working it? for them, I guess, whatever. So again, guys, we have Judge, uh, Judge, uh, <laughs> Georgia, okay. there we go, going 12-1, and potentially 13-0. and uh, Could they repeat? They might. I don't think they're going to repeat, but uh, they very well uh-huh. could. Uh, it just all depends on their quarterback play, you know. It all it all comes down to that. Uh, moving on, let's get to the NFL. But before we do that, here's a reminder: if you're listening from Spotify, make sure you follow us on Spotify, and make sure you like and subscribe us on to us on YouTube. We are live usually every Tuesday at 7 p.m. It was Mama Taylor's birthday the other day, so uh, happy late birthday to Mama Taylor Roberts. And uh, putting the man's whole government name out there. Um, but, yeah, happy birthday to her. And I uh, hope she had a good one. She did. She did. That's good. That's good to hear. All right. So let's get on to the – we'll talk AFC first. All right? AFC divisional right. round. Uh, Bills versus the Bengals, man. Uh, what Ooh. happened? <laughs> what happened? Look, all, so – all right, so we got the Bills, or not Bills, we got the Bengals, and we got the Chiefs. Okay. Yeah. Before we dive straight into that game, I want to dive into the games previously. Okay. The NFL made a decision to start selling tickets for the Chiefs versus the Bills. Okay. Not only is that one of the most disrespectful things I've ever heard of in my entire life. Disrespectful. But it is one of the most unprofessional things that I've seen the NFL do, and they do a lot of things that are questionable and unprofessional. The Bengals have been put up against it this entire season with the coin flip stuff, with the uh, not getting home field advantage, with the Bills and Bengals game being halted and then canceled. Ultimately, they got screwed in that. Uh, They've been getting screwed left and right. The NFL has, for whatever reason, put a mark on the Bengals, but the Bengals keep fighting back. Uh, and then Joe Burrow's comment saying, you better start issuing those refunds just cold me out. Joey I mean, Burr, <laughs> man. Joey that was Burr. ice. That was straight up ice. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Joe Burrow, I'm not a Bengals fan by any means, but I can't hate that man. I mean, that no, was cold. That was cold. Uh, so that was disrespectful. Hated to see that for them, you know, because, I mean, that puts a lot of doubt on your team. You know, if the NFL is already selling tickets for the team, you're about to I think to that motivates for. you. I think that motivates you. I mean, it could, it, it could motivate you, but it could also be like, dang, you know, th- I mean, the entire NFL is already selling tickets for the team we're about to play yeah. for the AFC championship. I mean, what does that say about us? Are we that bad that they already predict that we're going to lose? Yeah. So I think it's stupid the way that they did that. Anyways, Bengals, Chiefs. I think a lot of people have the Chiefs slated to win this one and go into the Super Bowl. Uh, with everything that's happened with Patrick Mahomes, his ankle, I know today he said he was good to go. He was getting some reps in in practice. He was healing up, uh, resting. He's got both ankles taped up. Uh 
Patrick Mahomes has one kryptonite, and it's Joe Burrow. Burrow. I don't think I don't think Joe Burrow's lost to Patrick Mahomes. He he has undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. So we're getting a repeat from last season, which was a fantastic game to watch, and now we're getting it again with a slightly injured Patrick Mahomes and a highly motivated Bengals team. I mean, they have been put up against it. They have, you know, they've gone through it and they've gone through the adversity given to them. And I think they've got the hype and they've got the best wide receiving core. The only issue I see with them is going to be their offensive line. They need to use uh, Joe Mixon heavily in order to win this game. Uh, Overall, I think the Bengals win. I think it'll be a close one. I think it'll be a tit for tat. You know, like yeah. seven, seven, seven field goal, seven field goal, or whatever. But I think it's going to be a close one. But I think I have the Bengals edging out there. They're making their way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, definitely like the Bengals over the Chiefs. I know that people are going to be like, "What about Pat Mahomes and everything like that?" But we saw in the divisional round against the Bills, they kind of got Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, and you know, all flustered. Uh, we saw the argument, and we'll talk about that here in a second um, after we talk about the divisional rounds and championship rounds and all that. But uh, we saw them get kind of flustered. And then the Bengals, man, they just they, – they, they fight. And the Chiefs, I don't know if they have what it takes to stop uh, Joey Burrow, especially when he's undefeated against Pat Mahomes. Uh, so it's going to be – it's going to be definitely a good game. And listen – to King of Trash Talk, Eli Apple, rushed to Twitter and uh, told Stefan Diggs, have fun in Cancun, and then put the number three with the heart, uh, essentially taking a shot at DeMar Hamlin uh, and every, you know that situation and stuff like that. He, or oh, he no, said one, one, sec, one second, Brandon. I got uh, you. Uh, I'm trying to find a piece of burnt toast. Oh, he plays for the Bengals, so you, you know. Yeah. But, uh, and listen, we love the Bengals. Uh, Dominique Davis gave us a pleasure, and hopefully maybe one day in the future we can get him back on the show uh, to come on the show and stuff like that. But uh, Eli Apple, no matter where he's been, New York, uh, the Saints, now the Bengals, he he talks, and he's not one of the players that can back it up. He hasn't had a bad season, so I don't want to say he's been utter crap, but he's not like a top-five corner. Um, no. And he's not a corner that you don't want to target. It's not like, oh man, they got Eli Apple. We got to throw it the opposite way. Yeah. Uh, again, he's just been a if solid. I'm a quarterback. I'm I'm targeting Eli Apple. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so the fact that he rushed to Twitter and then he did later apologize about the, the whole Demar Hamlin uh, thing. He didn't take the tweet down. He kept it up, but he did apologize, saying, "Hey, no shot at Demar. It was kind of whatever." And then Shaq Lawson got in on it, saying, "Hey, keep Demar's name out your mouth." Uh, unless you want to get beat up. And then Eli replied, where was that energy on the field? Y'all could have used that to beat us. And, Tray- you know, Trayvon Diggs, brother of Stefan, got into it and said, how are you going to rush to Twitter when you're not even top five in your position? So, listen, <laughs> Eli. All fair points right there. Yeah. Um, so that is drama. And the Bengals, and it's not drama you want to have to deal with before a championship game because people are going to be asking every single player on the Bengals, Hey, what's this Eli situation? Or uh, what's this? That's Eli why situation? Eli's not top five. One, he gets burnt. I mean, he got torched in yeah. the Super Bowl. He runs his mouth, and he's not somebody who can continuously back it up. You know, he can talk the talk, but he can hardly back it up. So, uh, if I am the uh, Bengals staff, I, I'm bringing him in. I'm like, hey, you need to shut up. Yeah. You need to shut that Twitter down until, you know, off season or something because you're bringing a lot of negative light to us right now. We need to focus in. We got a lot on the line right now, and you're terrible. He's so got to focus on Kadarius Tony. I know he, Tony hasn't put up a lot of numbers with the Chiefs, big-time numbers, but uh, he's starting to find his groove with the Kansas City offense, and they're probably going to put Eli Apple on him. And Kadarius Tony is a shift, if not the shiftiest person in the NFL currently. And one of the hardest people to take down. So, yeah. Eli, focus on t- trying to just tackle that man before you start throwing shots at Stefan and stuff like that. 
Um, obviously, Stefan rushed off the field, threw his helmet, and did all this other stuff. And um, Duke Johnson, who I didn't even know who was still in the NFL, uh, former Browns, now Bills running back, had to pull him back on the field before he left again, uh, or the locker room. Uh, so, St- Stefan said, hey, would you want me to be okay with losing? Obviously not. Um, what is it going to take for the Bills to get over the hump? Because they Josh Allen played Superman this year. Uh, yeah. Stephon Diggs uh, played well. What do they need to do to get over this hump that they're just in? It's that, the running game. Yeah. I mean, their running game is non-existent. Singletary, he's a good running back, but he's not the running back. They definitely need to get somebody back there that can – make plays after contact you know we they need yards after contact singletary is not that guy they need somebody who's able to be multifunctional. uh singletary's not really that guy i also think they need to get another wide receiver in there to assist Diggs. Uh, i know they have gabe davis but gabe davis he's not elite he's just, solid he's yeah not elite. i mean he's all right uh he's not the guy that i'm gonna sit there and say yeah, that's the guy I need to be worried about on the field. Uh, you have Josh Allen and you have Diggs. That's all they have yeah. right now. And it's taken them far. They are a powerhouse of a duo. DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, if they can get DeAndre Hopkins out there, that would open up Diggs even more, which is an insane, an incredible threat. <laughs> that would be uh, elite. It would open up, yeah, it would open up D-Hop a lot, but... I think before they try and find a, another wide receiver to assist Diggs and Allen out there, I think they need to really focus in on that uh, running game. I mean, I don't know what they're uh, where they're at in the draft this year. They're going to be like but, uh, 27, I think. But there, there's a lot of good running backs out there that could really assist them because they got a good offensive line. Their defense is really solid. Uh, the quarterback's great. They've got a great wide receiver. They just need one more uh, wide receiver to help them out. Uh, I also think that their tight end Knox, he he's solid. They could upgrade. He's solid. They could upgrade. He's solid, but yeah, he's solid, but he's not as productive as he should be. Yeah, he's a really big tight end. He's also fast. He's really tall, but he just does not produce at the level. He's he's built. Uh, to me, he's built kind of like uh, Travis Kelsey, but without the talent. Yeah, you know. So I think either trade him off and get something, someone else in there, get the running game strong, and then the Bills will be an actual complete threat. Yeah. Um, and to speak on that, the running game is definitely – because, listen, your leading rusher should not be Josh, your quarterback, Josh Allen. And no, not only was no, he no, the no. leading rusher, he was still technically the second leading rusher on the team. Yeah. One and two. Uh, I could see a situation if – and they're not going to get D-hop, guys. I, I know Bills Mafia is out there going, D-hop, yeah, eyes light up. That was more of a well, thing. Things, things have happened. Things happen. AJ Brown and, went to the know, Philly. You know, yep. um, a lot of things will happen. Uh, there's going to be a lot of shakeups this season. Uh, so, the way this season panned out, we're going to have one of the wildest off seasons. Oh, it's definitely. We are wild. going to see uh, Miami's going to get absolutely shaken up. Uh, the Bills are going to get shaken up. The Bengals will probably stay the same. I, I could see possibly something happening with T. Higgins. He might uh, be looking for an extension. He may not get it, so he may be getting out. D. Hop's going somewhere. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on with Arizona. I mean, it's and then we got the Raiders going on. Then we got yeah. Tampa Bay. Uh, it's going to be one of the most electric off seasons that we've seen. There's yeah. going to be some insane trades. There's going to be some really nice free agency pickups. It's going to be a it's going to be something to watch. So, so I mean, let's, I, I can't tell you what's going to happen, but it's going to be wild. Let's speak hypotheticals here then. Let's say the Bills do get D-Hop. Say they trade their first-round pick later in the draft to trade back up with Arizona. Uh, and Arizona sends D-Hop to Buffalo. You know, they get the first-round pick. And then in the second or third round, uh, they get maybe a running back like Zach Evans or Jamari Gibbs. Um uh, who maybe is not Bajan Robinson, but Jamari Gibbs and Zach Evans are I, both solid running backs. I don't, so. I don't think they need a Bajan Robinson. I think they need a shifty. Uh, so Robinson is a he's a tank. You yeah. know, uh, if you're in front of him, you might not want to be in front of him. Uh, uh, Evans, if you're in front of him, 
he's not going to be in front of you within like 0.5 seconds. He's gone, you know? So they need somebody that's shifty because they need somebody that's going to get yards and they need somebody that's going to get yards after contact. He's a smaller running back uh, than uh, Robinson. So I could see him being utilized more with Buffalo. So if you get uh, Evans and D hop on Buffalo and keep everything else the same, maybe make an adjustment at tight end. I could see that them the bills actually being a, legit super bowl contender because i mean they've been there they're on the cusp you know like they've almost got there you like they're missing a couple of pieces they fall short but you get that running game to where it's like okay they've got they've got a threat back there they got a decent tight end now and they have d hop over here and they have Diggs over here (laughs) come on and now and say that they don't go the draft for running back there's a lot of big name running backs in this upcoming free agency market you have saquon who I think is going to re-sign with the Giants, but there is that yes. money talk. Uh, and who knows, maybe he goes, I want to go somewhere else. Uh, but they got Saquon, Miles Sanders, there's a couple big names. And those are, I think, two, two that could fit the offense. Imagine Saquon goes, hey, I'm, I'm going to go up north in New York. And he signs with the the Bills this offseason and before the draft. The Bills go, okay, uh, Arizona, will give you our first and second round pick for D-Hop. And then third round, maybe get Jordan Battle, replace Jordan Poyer, who uh, is their starting safety, star safety. Jordan Battle is a good safety, probably one or two, you know, top two safety in this draft um, to replace Poirier. I think that's a nice little plan. Will it happen? Probably not. But the, the Bills also, do need to play around. Remember, we also got to remember that Odell Beckham Jr. is still a free agent. And that's Buffalo true. does need an additional wide receiver. Uh, so that could also be a pickup. I know he uh, has the ACL injury that he was rehabbing, uh, and it's happened to him twice, so it's definitely a risk. But he is a phenomenal yeah. wide receiver to add in to back up Diggs. And if you get D-Hop in there somehow, plus so you've oh, got D-Hop. My OBJ man's been on a Madden team. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look, OBJ is not going to cost a lot. No. Okay? He wants a lot. But given his record as far as injuries and all this other stuff and performance the past couple of years, because he has not really performed the way that everybody expected him to once he left New York, you know, his stock has dropped drastically. I know he's hot in the head. He's like, man, you know, I'm I'm worth 100 mil, you know, something like that. He's definitely not. He's maybe like a a one year sign on for uh, 10 mil, something like that, something you know, add him in, see what you guys can do with him. And I don't know. It's, it's, he's definitely not going to break the bank for any team that gets him. Yeah. Now I do want to raise the, since we're on the topic, the bills, I'll go ahead and uh, bring it up. Uh, our Stefan Diggs and the bills on a potential breakup. Uh, he is not, he's been seen. Obviously we just talked about it being unpleasant on the sidelines. Uh, him and Josh Allen, were going kind of going at it. Um, they're not really getting over the hump. Maybe he wants to go to a team that can get him that ring. Uh, so do you think, you know, they're on a potential breakup? The contract is coming up uh, either this year or next year? Or do you think he stays nah, with the Bills? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be a breakup. Diggs is a extremely emotional player. Uh, he loves the game of football. He loves winning. He loves his team. He loves the fans. I mean, he's just extremely emotional. So, you know, after last season, you know, the coin, it, we'll call it the coin flip loss. Yeah. Now this year, you're so close to just to lose out again. It, it hurts, especially when you're that emotionally invested in the game. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, you know, he's gone, he's going somewhere else, whatever. I think he's got at least another year with Buffalo because Buffalo has the talent and the capabilities to make the Super Bowl. They just need like one or two more pieces and they're good to go. Yeah. Uh, if he does leave, I would be extremely interested to see where he goes. Maybe the Rams? No, we ain't got money for that. <laughs> he said we ain't got money. I ain't going to get my hopes up. We're done for like yeah. five years. I'm not We're getting out. my hopes up. So we're going to talk about the Jags and the uh, – so we talked about Kansas City a little bit. The Jags, they lost to Kansas City, but they put up a decent fight. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played good. He has a bright future. Uh, he's definitely turned that leaf, and Doug Peterson has that team on a 
whole different beat than they were last year. Um, yep. Where do you see maybe the Jags going next year? You know, do they make it back to the divisional round? Do they still need some pieces that will put them over the top? Are they a legit threat next year? Where, where do you see them at? I think they're a legit threat. I mean, this was their first year having a competent coach that was able to come in and figure out what pieces need to work with which pieces. Uh, they had a great game plan. They were able to finally tap into Trevor Lawrence and get him into a system where he can actually produce, yeah. which worked phenomenally. Uh, so I don't think there's too much that they need to add. They're, they have a really good defense. Their offensive line is good. Maybe add a star wide receiver. I know they have Kirk. I know they have a couple of pieces there. They got a good tight end. But you get one really good, like, all-star wide receiver, and they're set. Because they're good on – they got a good running back, ETN. They're good to go there. He's solid. I don't think – I mean, he could be better. You know, he could be a little more explosive, a little more agile. But uh, other than that, I think they're solid. I think they're going to be around for a little bit. I don't think it's going to be the Jags of the old days where it's kind of like, you know, like <laughs> – the Jags, that's a that's a win for our team. It's like, oh, gosh, the Jags. Yeah. It's going to be a tough game. Most definitely. And ETN is electric, man. He really is. He's quickly turned into one of the better um, running backs in the league and definitely slept on. He's starting to build that name. And uh, Ryan says, uh, no, they're not. They won't get out of the division. Listen, I know as a Colts fan, you want it to believe that with all your heart, but uh, – they're getting out the division. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, they're just the best team in the NFC South, especially with the Colts. While the Colts have some playmakers, they don't have a quarterback. Uh, you go to the Titans. The Titans don't really scare me with Ryan Tannehill. And uh, the Texans are in complete rebuild mode. So, I mean, the NFC South is going south, and it's been in south pretty quick. I think it's the Jags to lose next year. And, again, I don't think they're a team to beat. I still think no matter what, it's going to be the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. But they are definitely a team that could sneak up if they get a couple good pieces in free agency. I've got, uh, by 2025, this is my prediction, 2025, the Jags are going to have the best team that they can have, and they're going to be contenders for the Super Bowl, like, fully. You said in 2025? Yep. Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, because, I mean, they're young. They're a very young team. They just found their head coach. I think uh, Doug Peterson's going to be around for a long time. I can't see any reason why he would leave. I also think he's going to get coach of the year. Uh, yeah. I think Trevor Lawrence might even get most improved player of the year, either him or uh, Jalen Hurts. <clears throat> but, uh all right, I, I think they'll be good. Uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, so we both ha- I think we both have the Bengals winning. So if you're a Bengals fan, get ready. It's Super Bowl time. According to the booth, uh, I just don't think that with Patrick Mahomes being hurt, and I know how much of a freak Patrick Mahomes is, but with him being hurt, it definitely concerns me. And Joe one, Burrow. One bad play. Yeah. One bad play and he's done. So that's the season right there. Uh we'll move on to the NFC. We have you know the Eagles play the Giants, or really the Eagles played and the Giants showed up, and then the Cowboys played the 49ers. Taylor, whatever one of those two games, which one do you want to talk about first? The Cowboys and the, the Niners, or we want to talk about the Eagles and the Giants? So I don't want to talk about the Eagles and the Giants. That was just a complete domination. Eagles played the way right. we thought they were gonna play. They are who we thought they were. Great. The Giants let them they off the hook. They are who we thought they were. You know, <laughs> uh, the Giants, terrible. Terrible for but, us. But, but be glad, Giants fans, you know, that was a really good season. You bounce back. You have a promising future now. So that's all I really want to say on that game. Yeah, uh, I agree. Eagles are really good. Uh, 49ers and Cowboys. Cowboys did it again. Cowboys do what the Cowboys do best. They have the opportunity they have the position to go on and win another game and advance into the Super Bowl, and they went out and they messed it up yet again. I, it's just uh, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott got bulldozed 
Look, I mean, that's on Kel- that's on Kellen Moore. The fact that there are hey, people hey, out there I, going, "Hey, Kellen Moore be our head coach," and then they saw <laughs> that play of all things. First of all, great snap. Okay, you got props for props do. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Hey, if you put on a couple extra pounds, you might be able to play center. Yeah, you know, long snapper. But keep that. Keep that. Uh, keep, keep your hands in there, man. You, you're too wide on your your block, so you got pushed back, and that was embarrassing. That last play was crazy. So, here's the ceiling for Dak Prescott. Here's Dak Prescott. It's it. It's time yeah. to cut cut the loss. Dak Prescott's not the quarterback that that team needs. I think uh, his decision making is uh, piss poor. He's not a uh, game on the line quarterback. I went out there to win the game. He just fumbles every single time when it matters. They had a great game against the bad Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I will give him that. But when it comes time to play a good team, when the lights are on, he turns into Helen Keller, man. He can't hear nor see the field at all. Yep. So that's all I got to say is uh... listen, the Cowboys are, listen, that's all I heard. That's all I heard. The Cowboys had a harder schedule, even though the Eagles had the 19th and the Cowboys had the 18th hardest schedule uh, in the league. Uh, Dak Prescott's better than Jalen Hurts. Dak Prescott's top five. I saw on TikTok, Dak Prescott's top three, and he's pushing top two for Joey Burrow. And uh, I wanted to know what kind of drugs that dude was on, but, you know, eats their own on their podcast. If you miss five games in a season and throw 14 interceptions in a regular season, Trash. you're not top five. Trash. You're not top five. No. and Not he, top ten. He, he hit his ceiling, and we've been saying it all along. Dak Prescott is a middle-of-the-round quarterback. He is maybe 13, 14 range, um, but there are at least 12 quarterbacks better than Dak Prescott. It has been seven long years for the Cowboys, and it. Jalen Hurts was able to be born, go through elementary yeah. school, go through <laughs> high school, get recruited, learn go to, to Alabama. Yeah, learn to play football, go to Alabama, transfer to Oklahoma, go through the draft and all that, get selected in the second round by the Eagles, wait a year, and then reach the NFC championship game since the last time the Cowboys went to the championship game. Yeah. And, it's and I, old- I'll also say this. So whenever the Dallas's kicker missed all those field goals and uh, PTAs or PATs, uh, Dak Prescott threw his helmet on the ground, was just cussing and freaking out. I would like to see this upcoming season. Every single time that Dak Prescott throws an interception, <laughs> I want that entire team to start throwing helmets, yeah. start freaking out and cussing. I want the kicker to do it. If he stays, with, if he stays with Dallas, I want Brett Meyer, Meyer to go. How could you throw an interception? I made my kick. <laughs> yeah, if you are the leader of the team and you continuously mess up fourteen times when you've only played X amount of games, missed five. Yeah. And you threw 14, plus you just threw two in the past game. You, you have zero right to get upset at a kicker who was almost perfect for the entire season up until he that sucked point. in the postseason, though. Hey, he okay. sucked in the postseason. No, yeah, he that's cannot true, kick but in the he postseason. was perfect. He was perfect in the regular season, yeah. and then in the postseason, he messed up. But Dak Prescott sucked in the regular season, and yeah. he sucked in the postseason. So well, listen, I mean, the Cowboys, we heard this, right? We, number one offense, that came back, and the offense went to the number one offense in the NFL, and no one's going to stop us. And the only person everyone ever said, the only person that's going to stop Dallas, Dak Prescott. Yeah. The only person. And guess what? He threw two interceptions. Both were on him. He made misreads. Don't blame the receivers this time. All season we heard, oh, the receiver dropped it, and so it went to the corner's hands or this or that. These, those two interceptions are Fred Warner, and I can't remember the other guy who picked it off. But those two interceptions Dak threw were completely on him. Misreads, uh, him staring down receivers, him trying to play hero ball. And, again, he hit his ceiling. Now I hope, as an Eagles fan personally, that they keep Dak Prescott. Because I know that the Eagles got next season on lock. <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. And I think the Giants take number two. I think it is might be time. They paid paid him a lot of money. If he doesn't restructure his contract, I could see the Cowboys moving on from Dak. Um, and if not, then they at least need to. That means that they might be in a rebuilding mode if they can't land one of the big-name free agents uh, in – for quarterbacks, the on, the only thing is Jerry Jones is one of the most loyal loyal yeah. owners out there, and it, it, Dak's probably going to finish the season or finish his career as a Dallas Cowboy. 
Just like we saw Tony Romo. And again, that's an Eagles fan. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. And then uh, Ryan in the comments, he says, Dad got blasted by the team on Twitter. Yeah, every other team. So, any if you guys don't know, if you guys don't, don't have Twitter, uh, every team always, even if they lose, they at least post an image or the final score or whatever. The Dallas Cowboys Twitter page said after throwing two interceptions, uh, Dak Prescott with a poor performance, the Cowboys lose to the 49ers. They threw him under the bus. On, so they didn't just say the final <laughs> score. They said Dak Prescott sucked. That's why we lost. Oh, and this was the final score. So, yeah. Good on him. Yeah. So listen. I hope that that's, social media wild. team gets a raise. <laughs> At least some of the contract. And I feel bad for Dak because not only is he missing out on his chance for a ring, uh, but his girlfriend just broke up with him too. So after two years. So you? he's missing out on two rings, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, so at least you know she's a chase, you know, she's a ring chaser too. She's a bag chaser. Yeah. So all right. So we've got Philadelphia and the 49ers. I am going to go ahead and take the do 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 showing off his card collection there. Philadelphia Eagles, baby. Fly Eagles, fly on the road to victory. All right, I got Philadelphia. It's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be a fun one. And it's going to be a nasty one. But Philadelphia's got the juice, and they've got the players, and they have got the motivation to do it. Brock Purdy, phenomenal season, phenomenal postseason. But my man, Mr. Relevant, will be back to Mr. Irrelevant when they face the Philadelphia Eagles. Stamp it. Listen, speaking of stamp, Brock Purdy, when he played the Cowboys, was an 18.3 completion percentage when he had pressure in his face. And the Eagles come in with four defensive linemen who have more than 10 sacks on the season. Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, uh, Fletcher Cox, and Javon Hargrave. They are bringing that pressure. And if you think that the – if you only put up 19 points against the Cowboys, that's not going to fly. Listen, I am a firm believer in Brock Purdy now. The 49ers are. They already said we'll get. We'll talk about that in a second. They've already said he's going to be the starter next season, regardless of Trey Lance is healthy. Uh, but this is where it comes to an end for the 49ers. Yes, they have a lot of talent. Yes, they have CMC. Yes, they have Debo. Yes, they have Brandon Ayuk. And I don't want to sleep on them. Uh, George Kittle and company, number one yeah. defense. I get all that. They're very good. They're very, very good. good team. Solid team. If it was anybody else, they would be in the Super Bowl. But it, this is where it comes crashing down because the Eagles yes. are going to be in Brock Purdy's face the entire game. They have Darius Slade, James Bradbury, able to potentially, you know, it's a hard thing to do, but it's not really hard on Brandon Ayuk to clamp him. But for Debo Samuel, and then uh, they stop George Kittle, it's a wrap. Uh, the running game is all right. It's decent. CMC's a good running back. They have Elijah Mitchell, who's a good uh, running back as well, could be starting somewhere. But the Eagles are such a fast and more complete and more tenacious They're fluid. team. They're very fluid, uh, like you said. And I think Jalen's going to come down to George quarterback play. And while I like Bright Purdy and he's not making a lot of mistakes, Jalen Hurts is a superior quarterback. And I think he's going to put them over the top. And I think the Philadelphia <clears throat> Eagles are going to the Super Bowl to play the Bengals. I agree. But I'm going to – so. Some games I like to watch in the postseason. Some others I'm like, eh, it's going to be boring. I really don't want to watch it. You know, like, bleh. But the Eagles versus the 49ers is going to be a big 12 quarterback showdown. And I am excited to watch it all unfold yeah, the once again. Fan. Yeah. They played each other. And if you guys don't know, Brock Purdy at Iowa State played. Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. They did play. And, and Brock- he lost. And they lost. Jalen put up four touchdowns. Brock Purdy put up five. So this is not their first time meeting each other. They're very well acquainted. And uh, I think the same outcome, Jalen wins. Now, yep. So we have the Bengals 
in our this is what we're predicting the Bengals and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Now, I already know what you're going to say. You're going to say the Eagles are going to win. You know, it's all set in stone for you, right? No, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like talking like that because I'm bad luck. So like when the when I'm watching the team and they're winning, yeah, like they're losing, and I go, oh man, or they're winning. No, man, we make a play, and I'm like, we suck. We're gonna lose this game. Then we usually win. But if we're winning, and I'm like, yeah, the other team sucks. By fourth quarter, I'm usually upset, and we're losing the game. So <laughs> yeah. I'm coming in depressed, All right, fair hoping enough, for fair less. <laughs> All right. So are you taking the Bengals to win the Super Bowl? Uh. If it's the Bengals, Eagles, yes, yes I don't know. No, no. I, I need an answer because I think the Eagles' defensive line is going to get after Joe Burrow. So you have the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Yes, complete bias, but yes. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the Eagles will win the Super Bowl this year. I like it. I like, I like hearing that. I like hearing that. I like hearing that. Yeah, number two, number two in the franchise. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and uh, I got him. I like like that matchup. Uh, I think I'd rather play the Bengals, and it's crazy. I'd rather play the Bengals than the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, right. just because offensive line, uh, it's easier to get after Joe Burrow than it is uh, Pat Mahomes. That All offensive you gotta line do is go, good. and that offensive line's collapsing. Yeah, so. they just they fall right over. So yeah, all right. Well, now we've got uh back to the 49ers. So Brock Purdy has been playing phenomenal. Okay. Brock Purdy has been poised. He has been likable. He has been great under pressure for the most part. We saw a little bit of a uh, fault in his last game, uh, which is to be expected. He is a rookie. You know, this is his first time coming out and uh, being a starter postseason. You know, there's bound to be some mistakes. There's bound to be some uh areas in his game where he needs to improve but if we judge brock purdy based off of his first start all the way up until now there is no doubt in my mind that the 49ers elect brock purdy to be their starter coming up in this next season which then in lies the question of trey lance where's he going now i would assume trey lance would not go anywhere I would assume that Trey Lance will stay there as a backup quarterback for the 49ers. And the reason being is they've already spent the money. They spent the draft pick to get Trey Lance. They put the time and effort into him to develop him. He's rehabbing under the 49ers right now. I think it would be foolish of them to just drop everything and let him go. So I would imagine, unless there's like a beautiful trade package that somebody comes and offers them, I think Trey Lance will be their backup quarterback. Yeah. I and I think Jimmy G is going to go to the Raiders because he's going to be a free agent, and I think the Raiders would be a perfect fit for him. Okay. I like that. I like that fit. Um, there have been talks about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets or the Raiders. Uh, so there's definitely potential there. Um, I do agree. I think that they keep Trey Lance uh, as a fail-safe because, yes, Purdy has looked good and played good this year, but there's always that sophomore year when teams get a little more time to go watch film on you and see your weaknesses. And sometimes, hey, you, you're a one-hit wonder. We saw that with uh, was it Jeremy Lin in basketball when he was on the Knicks, had that Lin sanity. Yeah. And then after that, he got a big-time contract, and, and, and he, he, you know he's nowhere to be found now. I think he's playing in China. Yeah. That makes me want to go back and watch the Lynn Sanity documentary. <laughs> God, that was so good. That was a good, and I was rooting for Jeremy Lynn for sure. But and, that, and that's the thing that scares me is Brock Purdy is solid. And he has shown traits to look to be able to lead the team next year. But I think they keep Trey Lance as that fail safe. Maybe Purdy gets found out. Maybe he's not as good as he is playing this year. He struggles. They put Trey Lance back in. Yeah. But uh, like you said, they invested too much in Trey Lance just to give up right now. Yeah. Now, the only issue that's going to arise with this is you've got a unproven Trey Lance, and then you have a right now rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy, who, like you said, could be found out next season. Everybody knows what's going to happen. They figured out. They shut him down. He can't get anything going. Then you're like, all right, you know, we got to make a change. We've got to put Trey Lance in. 
Trey Lance in the first game that we saw, he just sucked. The snippet that we saw, he sucked. Was garbage. Yeah. So that's the issue that the 49ers will have. Right now, all their chips are riding on Brock Purdy becoming a Tom Brady. That's what they're riding on right now. Hopefully that formulates for them because if not, they're they're done. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But, I want to uh, say they're done because I, they could, if they suck no, this yeah, upcoming season, done, Caleb Williams with the 49ers, that's a pretty good yeah, replacement. Oops. That's yeah. you know what I'm saying. So yeah. they might suck this upcoming season and the following season getting a Caleb Williams or a Jake May. So they could replace Trey Lance and Brock Purdy if they need to, if Brock Purdy doesn't pan out and Trey Lance doesn't pan out. But I, but that that's my prediction is Purdy is starting, Trey Lance will ride the bench. Uh, he still has a job, uh, just not the one that he was probably gonna, expecting to have. But injuries happen, and then somebody else comes in and takes your job. It happened with Tom Brady, and that's how his career started. You know, Tom Brady could have rode the bench his entire career. Yeah. We could have never seen him. All happened uh, to Drew but, Bledsoe, man. Yep, yeah, but uh. That's that. That's uh. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I think it's the smartest move for them financially. I I do agree. Um, with that being said, guys, let us know who you think is going to win against the Eagles 49ers. That game is on Sunday, and so is the Chiefs versus the Bengals. Let us know who you think is going to win uh that game. Uh, Taylor, do you want to go ahead and uh do the outro? You know, I'll play the music and let you do the outro if you'd like. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, right. gotcha. Hey, everybody that has tuned in, thank you very, very much. We uh, absolutely appreciate the support more than you guys know, whether it's uh, two people, three people, one person, however many it is, the support. We feel it. We love it. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you like our TikTok. Make sure you go over and follow our uh, Twitter page and keep up to date with everything that we got going on we do giveaways for sports cards for any sports cards fanatics out there we're all football fans if we're tuning in why wouldn't you want to grab an autograph of one of your favorite players or something of the likes you know so make sure you also follow that spotify for when you're on the go and you want to hear us ramble on about a team of yours that you think we're speaking ill about and you want to go in the comments on our next youtube and uh, call us out on it but either way Thank you again, and uh, we'll see you next time on Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time.